Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Welcome today. We are in our series, Say Yes, and we wanted to reframe and give people the freedom to, to really think of what a yes in the context of Jesus looks like. We have too often given our yes to situations that have hurt us, or we've been forced to say yes, and that has hurt us as well, or we've just said yes because everybody else was, but we, we want to be compelled. And I hope today that this continues to really sear, to really captivate us, to think, uh, how, does God, uh, how does God pursue us? He's gentle, he's patient, and he's so compelling. Um, I love how Jackie Hill... You know, she wrote a book recently called Gay Girl, Good God, and she talks about uh, when she was practicing, um, you know, just, just being a female, liking females, and, and then now she has a husband and she has children, and she said that all the time people were always telling her about, um, basically, uh, she was going to hell. No one ever told her about how good God was, and once she started realizing how good God was, he started to really kind of reshape what a yes could look like for her. And I, and I love that. It's so compelling because we need to give people freedom to really reason, freedom to heal, freedom to work through situations, thoughts. And, and that's when we say you belong here is, is somebody doesn't have to believe to, to still come and receive and to think and wrestle. And last week right after the 10 a.m. services, there was a lady who came up and I, it was just so uh, impacted me. She thanked me, and she grabbed my hand, and she said, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you've given me the opportunity to really even just consider God in a safe way, because he was forced on me, and I wasn't sure if he's mad at me, or I had to do all these sets of rules or rituals, that, that then he would love me, and that, and that she said, well, just come in here. I don't even know what I believe yet, but I'm thankful, with tears in her eyes. And I thought that was so neat, because God is so awesome, he, he, he should just be, it should be obvious, that, that's what I really hope through the series. It's just obvious to let you know, wow, he loves me, I love him, now that changes how I live, I'm in a community, I belong, I have purpose, I'm on a team, I'm connected, let's do this thing, let's bloom where we're planted. And so that's where we're going, and that's how we're, that's how we're dreaming this. And I think what happens too sometimes is we get this bait and switch model, where you come, God's going to save, he saves you, right? So that sounds fun. Yeah, save me, I'm drowning, I'm done. So a lot of times you hear these stories of people just being at the end of their life, and oh God, and God stepped in, and so skeptics see them, and they say, oh cool, of course, God is changing you. Well, you needed somebody to change you, right? And so that's kind of my story. So I kind of call out that elephant in the room all the time, the eight-mile principle, you make fun of yourself first. And, and I, I call out, and I say, yeah, I know it probably looks like, yeah, I needed God, um, which for sure I did, but he's, he's not a crutch. Um, I've been wrestling and, and grueling to, to, to re-sign up over and over and over again. I'm teachable. So Jesus is, is that, he's that inviting. He's big enough to handle all of our questions today. And I really, really like that. So the base and switch model, what happens is this, is you're familiar with that term. A lot of times it's been used in mortgages where you know, you come to the signing table and then you got some crazy balloon or adjustable rate mortgage and that's how the industry crashed. So all these people came on the premise that they're going to get a mortgage and I'm going to be able to change my interest rate later in six, seven years. Well, how many people know <laughs> that what you want to do in six to seven years later isn't always necessarily what we do, correct? Fair? Are we all good with that? Has anybody ever done that, made a bad decision? Well, I, I had this moment where I was sitting at the mortgage table and it was about to happen to me. 
We had this duplex we're building with great friends of ours, and we're, we got the two couples sitting in the room. You got our mortgage, our, 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 the mortgage company. You got our real estate agent. You got the property um, owner, and you got the, the, the title company, and we're all around the table, and then here slides, and, and the mortgage company sent an assistant that day. I won't say the name, but they sent an assistant that day, and surely it just slides across the table, and it's an adjustable rate mortgage when we've been talking about a fixed rate the whole time. I look and I pause and I say, oh, I don't know a lot about this, but I just know you definitely don't do this. And everyone looked at me, well, what do you mean? You didn't know? No, no, for sure. Call your boss. Oh, they're not available. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then one sweetest lady, she's a believer. She looks at me. She goes, go with your gut. <laughs> like, don't sign it. And we just called off the meeting, and then we had a meeting. We had a fixed mortgage later, and I'm grateful for that. And I use that illustration to say this. God, when he comes to the table, he doesn't slide you a contract, and he doesn't give you something that is, oh, no, no, no. In fact, we're going to look at a passage today that I think is going to absolutely convince us of what this thing looks like, walking towards life, running towards life, and, and we'll probably relate with it more than the kumbaya. I mean, God's got you. Yeah, he's got you, but it's also safe to feel. In fact, scripture calls it even lament, to, to, to bring your sorrow, your pain, your hurt, your frustration, your worries. And when we leave those places, what happens is we're so compelled by his steadfast love. Wow, you're God, you're amazing. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read a bunch of Bible today, and that's good because the Bible is alive, it's living, it's transforming. And if you were looking for a reason to complete all of your Bible reading for the week, well, good news. Today we're going to do that, okay? I want to be your tour guide. If you would be brave enough to follow me on this ride, and we're going to go somewhere super fun. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. I want to pray before we continue. Jesus, today I ask for you to just be on full display for us to bring all of our ideas, all of our thinking, our worldviews, and submit them at your feet. That our yes would be so compelled even when it's difficult because we want to find life. We all do. We don't want to be deceived by some mirage. We want the real, living, true thing. Meet us today where we're at. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will lead and guide us and remind us of Jesus and point to the glory that is bestowed upon him only and the kingdom of God. And uh, yeah, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like how the message puts it too. It says, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life to God is vigorous and it requires total attention, total attention. Yes, it's true we're saved by grace. Oh, thank you, God. But that does not mean our problems go away. We're forgiven instantly, but that doesn't mean our whole situations change. So if somebody accepts Jesus in prison, are they instantly let out? Well, I'm forgiven. I'm let, wait, wait. Our circumstances don't always change. The outside environment So you have these two worlds, these two kingdoms going on all the time. In fact, that we see, okay, if we're going to follow with Jesus, 
It's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. Let's just call a spade with a spade. It is going to be hard, straight up difficult. In fact, a lot of times when you think of this narrow path, what we see is a small path. And, and theologians think it's more like rough like a terrain. You know, ups, downs, oh, valleys. You're, you're tired sometimes. Go, go around. But we've we got to keep our eyes fixed. Look at where we're going. Whoa, it leads to life. Oh, man, but I got some thorns now. It's okay. We can't, let's stop. Oh, we got to heal that up. We're going. And, and then why is there only a few people with us? Well, I thought everybody signed up for this. No, 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 no. Because it's difficult. Not everybody finds this path of life, and I wish everybody did. We're going to read a passage later that Paul, he has with tears in his eyes as he writes, to think that many are following this other wide path that leads to destruction. There's a very real battle today. And think of it almost like neon lights trying to get our attention. You ever seen signs that are open? It's really easy to see on a neon light, open open, closed. And have you ever went to a, a, a place when it left the neon light open and then they weren't open? It's frustrating, but it grabbed your attention. You know, if you watch Wreck-It Ralph, the flies all go to the light. And that, it's just, that's what we're like too. I've even heard science say that any TV, if it's turned on, LED, LCD, uh, you'll, you'll look at it. So if you see in the billboards, you'll see it, and you'll grab your attention. This is how the enemy operates all the time. Friends, friends, hear this loud and clear. This is one of these messages where I want to get real. I want to be so intense that, that we understand the battle is so powerful and we can't fight it on our own. But if we're, if we're coming in this thing thinking it's going to be all safe and easy and, and it's going to be fun, it's not always going to be. The yes is super messy. It's super difficult. It's super challenging. Philippians 3.10 says this is how we, we, we have to look out for this prince, um, um, the with just the power of the airways, but first, it says, this is how Paul's writing here, that I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I might obtain, yes, the resurrection from the dead, any way possible, to know Christ through suffering and the power, because it depends on how you read it, right? The power of his resurrection, yeah, hallelujah, you know? Charismatics, Pentecostals, be like, whoo, somebody hit the organ, right? Burn! We're in this thing. That's like the showtime. But isn't it the behind the scenes when you see the athletes training? If you've ever watched the Michael Phelps videos when no one was looking, there's this crazy clip that him and his wife get to see an Under Armour clip that they made for him, and it showed all the work behind the scenes, and they just started bawling. And they started crying. They said, oh, you did such a great job of showing how hard it really is. Because the Olympic moment's only for a second, right? I think a lot, that's like what Christianity's like. A whole bunch of hardships, the suffering, and there will be power in the resurrection, absolutely. And we have this joy, 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 down in my, down in my, down in my heart. Doesn't mean we'll have it all around. It means the joy comes from what God is doing on the inside. I want to go to Revelation chapter 17, and there is this, I think, um, seductive spirit at work even today, and to, to, to be transparent, I, I do want to make it a little uncomfortable for a minute, and I want to show us the grand finale at the end. Most TED Talks won't tell you what they're doing, but I just felt I should tell you, because this is real, though. And we're not meant to live in fear, but we definitely are meant to be aware. And it says, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and this is imagery going on. And 
adorned with gold and jewels and pearls and holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. What that means is those that have been killed in the name of Jesus, been killed by standing up for their faith. You and I, when we think of, you know, the team did an amazing job of making me feel uncomfortable today. They honored us for pastor appreciation during the rally, and it was so cool. Uh, hearing, just, just thinking around, I wouldn't know anybody here apart from Jesus. He's, he's that, orchestrating everything. Um, but even to give honor where honor's due, there's not only give honor to Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, thank you, but there's so many different martyrs that have helped pave the way for us to even make it possible to print this thing in different translations. Literally, people like, like dying to make sure you and I could read. And we're like, oh, yeah, just kind of goes on the shelf, try to get to it later. It's like mm, people died for us to have this thing in our hand. And if we were told that, maybe we'd be more aware. It's not even to con- condemn us or shame us. We'd, probably if we were just told it more, we'd be more aware. Oh, my goodness, there must be power in that thing. Because Satan's been trying to battle this for a really, really long time. Maybe you've heard this phrase, um, you know, a Bible falling apart is normally not tied to an individual who is. Because the word of God makes us alive. I read on World Star Rap this idea of, you know, abominations, what it means is this, fornication or idolatry, anything that takes the seat of God, anything that takes the seat of God. So sexual immorality, wooing us. I mean, isn't it just like Satan to go to one of our most powerful desires? Something you just really can't stop when it gets started. I mean, it's difficult. I heard Pastor Brad one time say like this, if you know the train's hard to stop, don't get the train moving. <laughs> don't get the train. Just don't even get it moving. Don't get on this thing. Get off. I'm going to stand away from the train because you can't stop that. I mean, it's really hard to stop a train. No, 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 it's fine. We're just going at this speed. No, no, it's difficult to stop a train when it's moving. Okay. Nobody else? Okay. You guys, what? Makes you uncomfortable? I hope not, because the world talks way more intense. In fact, I was, saw on World Star Rap, there was a little meme here. I don't look at World Star Rap or anything, but I saw that it was on the search. And uh, I was like, man, that is such a mean statement. It said, the girl was crying, and I asked her why, and it was after they were just intimate. And she goes, well, I, I know you're going to leave me now. And he goes, man, that's deep. And it was true. And it's the age-old thing, like once the girl kind of gives it up, Dude's going to leave. And I thought of, man, that's exactly how the enemy works, right? He entices for a moment. He leaves us broken. He's, he's powerful, guys. He really is. He's not all powerful, but boy, boy, is he powerful. And the, the translation goes to continue um, in the ESV. It says, and the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Now, it's election time coming up. Vote, okay, if, you, if you're into that, I'm into that, I get, you know, we're all into that. But here's why I say I guess. I'm fully vested locally. I'm fully vested um, honoring, submitting to our government, praying for them by all means, right? Praying for the world. But I also recognize my high hope is not in a country. Because what I read about, it doesn't work that way. I know we want it to. We, look, we all do, if we're all honest, 
We, of course, want our country to be like the King Jesus. It's just like a sports game. Like, everybody wants to be on the winning team. Who doesn't, you know, it's great. You're happy with Draymond Green if you like the Gold State Warriors. It's great when he's punching and kicking people. It's amazing if you love the Warriors because they're winning. We all want to be on the winning team, but, but Jesus finds something. I see it's so startling. He doesn't even disrupt the, the, the government of this age or this day. And all of his followers, they seem to be disconnected, not because there's a disinterest, because they're recognized and there's a bigger mission and there's a bigger victory and there's a bigger person. They're setting their mind on things above. I'm telling you, the kings of this earth have the ability to be sedated, intoxicated on a massive level. So yes, we should pray for them all the more. Well, how do you do the change? A lot of times it happens in our homes. It happens in our churches. I know we want it to happen with the vote. For sure. You got to hear what I'm saying. I'm wrestling with both. I sometimes will get, um, I say sometimes, like it's happened often, but I, one time somebody came to me and said, do you, are you not for the government? Said, what are you talking about? I'm just not, bef- I'm not for the government over Christ. And in case you haven't seen, there's this pattern in Christianity that, that, that the government's over Christ. There just is a pattern. And so we have to kind of be abrasive with ourselves and say, okay, I got to get back, calibrate. You're right. I'm not sure. America hasn't even been around that long, but Jesus has. And Jesus is alive. And we love our country. There's nothing wrong with having pride. And we honor our soldiers. Are you kidding me? There's not a soldier I don't see that I don't say thank you to. I don't even begin to understand all the mysteries of war, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to honor them because they have something that God has instituted in them to do something, a specific task and a mission on behalf. Of, they can even submit to heaven by submitting to the authority, and, and it, it is, it's deep. And by all means, we honor every veteran, every person that's making it even possible to preach today, that we don't have to preach in private. Isn't it cool that we can preach publicly? Even though Facebook will try to hide some of the Jesus posts, they can't hide them forever, friends. Sorry, is that a little conspiracy theory? Um, You need a little bit of this because we could be intoxicated by the God of this world. And it is okay to ask ourselves every once in a while, who has my yes here? I've titled this message, um, they both want our yes. (laughs) They both do. Well, who does? Satan, Jesus. You've seen the the movies? In both ears. Okay. I got to hurry up because I want to get somewhere. The book of Revelation is, is very confusing, and it's been used to cr- distort some you know, very unique patterns. I love how the Gospel Coalition writes about, this says, the book of Revelation is like an art gallery filled with pictures painted in colors borrowed from the Old Testament canvases. By reading the Old Testament background, we are well positioned to interpret this imagery. The whore of Babylon is the spirit of seductive culture actively engaged in the deceptive and destructive uh, destruction of God's people. That she rides upon the beast means that as she is propped up by the forces of the anti-Christian government. Satan's power comes by force. Jesus' power came by a lamb. Look, look at him, riding a donkey. Why I can serve that king king who doesn't even have to fight for his rule. He knows how powerful he is because he knew the only way that he could buy our freedom was with his sacrifice and with his blood. To forgive me, forgive you. We're all guilty. That's beautiful. And the article gives us uh, four points. It says, culture is not neutral. 
The devil attacks God's people via the front door through governmental persecution. The devil attacks God's people via the back door through seductive, idolatrous culture. Um, Number four, no enemy of God's people will finally stand. The Lord has a day, and that day is coming. It's exciting. I remember even before I was following Jesus, I I thought it was very interesting that we couldn't talk about two things. Don't talk about religion and politics. You mean the things that rule this world? Wait. Well, don't talk about it. We're going to get heated. That's awkward. Are you a child? Why can't we talk about this? Oh, is it? Oh, because there is some battle going on. Oh, now you're being weird. There's a battle. No, no, I'm not being weird. You must not seen the pain I saw. You must not been there. And, and when, it, when it, you know, you find it interesting when you see um, sports, sporting events, Michigan State, Michigan yesterday. Go blue. Sorry. Uh, go green. Anybody who knows me knows it's OH, baby. Come on. But let's go. They got waxed last night. And so get this. What's all, (laughs) somebody celebrates that. Um, What do you see in between the game? You see commercials. A lot of times commercials for what? Alcohol. How come there's not commercials of what alcoholics look like? Now, I I understand there's a whole bunch of people that can control themselves with drinking, but newsflash, there's, there's even more that can't. It's, it's destructive. It's a gift God gives. And so the whole even idea of this is trying to get us to reshape to say, okay, is the world controlling me or am I ruling the world? This is what God's created us for. He's absolutely created us for. In Matthew chapter 4, the, the message, you even see that, that uh, Jesus is taken to the top by the devil, a huge mountain, and, and gestured expansively, pointing out all the earth's kingdoms and how glorious they all were. This is not a Debbie Downer message, please. This is a, uh, probably a it, Debbie, it's a Debbie reality message. We want, we want the Disney World experience. Who doesn't? But Jesus didn't even choose all the riches of this world. He made this world. And here's how Satan talks to him. He says, they're yours. Lock, stock, barrel. Just go down on your knees and worship me. They're yours. Jesus' refusal was curt. Beat it, Satan. Get back. He rebuked him with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. The test was over. Come on, some of us have been in a test. But we don't answer this way, do we, often? We mingle. We look at it. Look at the world. Remember Lot's wife? She, she sees. She's looking back. She's like, oh. She wanted the kingdom so, she wanted that world. She was so tied to the world, she turned into a pillar of salt. I mean, the, the, the Sodom and Gomorrah, it's being, destro- it's being destroyed, but sometimes our affections are so tied to this world, and, 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 and we all get that. I think we've all been there when it's so difficult, but how we respond is by saying, no, no, whoa, no, I'm worth, wait, worship the one who's worthy. The devil left in his place. The angels came and took um, care of Jesus' need. Ephesians Chapter 2 reminds us this. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Okay? Everybody who doesn't know Jesus, just to kind of cut through the chase, you're a dead, smelly corpse. If you don't know Jesus today, dead, smelly corpse. But that's also super cool. Because here's what it means. Everybody is a dead, smelly corpse if they don't know Jesus. Whoa. Kind of levels the playing field. Rips down economic barriers. Rips down racial barriers. Rips down if I own land or if I don't, if I bought the mortgage, adjustable or not. Wait, Paul, this is, this is a bad thing, but it's kind of cool because we are horrible. <laughs> you know? Whoa. 
And then you think, whoa, wait, so how do we get out of this? We're all dead. Who can set us free? Well, not him, not him. Wait, oh, we need a savior, one that'll come down who really can set us free. And once you once walked um, in, in following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, let us not be confused. Satan absolutely has a power and authority. It is not to create. He can't do anything new. But, but under God's uh, sovereign ability in the mystery of this great grand battle, the, the battle of the cosmos, he, he has power for a season. And he's so arrogant to believe. He's probably so intoxicated with evil because he wanted to be God that, that now can't even probably see the end game. And if he can, he just says, okay, I want to take as many people with me as possible. And, and he's getting better at this game because he knew your parents. He knew your grandparents. You ever watch how people struggle with the same sins? Not only is that probably a little bit of nature, but it's, it's probably um, darkness's assignment customized for our lives. Okay, I know. He's like, Jerome, I've never heard you talk like this. Well... <laughs> This is kind of the behind-the-scenes message. <laughs> and uh, I think it's really important in our culture right now to really talk about how intoxicating the things we might see are. And it, the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So there's a spirit going on. Satan is always trying to get our yes all the time. He will sedate us to sleep. He's the master of peer pressure. Have you ever heard, you know, don't be a yes-man? What are we oftentimes a yes-man for? We're on Satan. Oh, you don't really want to go all in with God. Are you still doing the church thing? That's cool. Like, you know, it's tainted. Cool. What? Where are you getting that from? Well, we can't really talk about it. I feel, I think. No, let's talk about this. No, we can't. Ugh. Let's go do something else. Let's go watch a pigskin be thrown back. If you stop and think about it, and here's what you got to understand. I love enjoying all the gifts of this world. A lot of times, this type of message, what it leads us to is isolation, seclusion, and even separation. We are not meant to separate. It's ours. Newsflash, God created everything, and it's good. Jesus bought everything, and so now we can go anywhere. Behold, I am with you always. So now we can walk into our jobs confident. We can go into places of the city that there's evil prevalent everywhere and be like, what up? Why are you so nice? Man, God loves you. Why are you here? People like you typically don't come here. I'm sorry, because Jesus would live here. He lives where broken and sick people are. Because he has authority over. And if we aren't careful, what happens is we just start going with the rhythm, the tide of what the enemy wants, as opposed to coming in. And maybe you've heard of this, uh, this analogy. Are we a thermometer? When we walk in, like, oh, here's the temperature of the room. Or are we a thermostat where we change it? Because when Jesus was hanging with broken people, he wasn't just affirming them, he was transforming them. But he didn't condemn them, so they wanted to get close. Do you see? They want to get close. Look, no one's judging you today. And I realize for a lot of us, this is preaching the choir. But man, preach to the choir, don't stop. Man, I love it. I want more of him all the time. That's what we want. So we want a new type of peer pressure, not just be yes men, but yes men for God. Because peer pressure in darkness can be used in a very uh, catastrophic way, very bad. I think of peer pressure when I was first introduced to partying or let's, you know, let's stay up for just one more hour. It was typically that one more, 
Everyone's got that. Let's go one more. Yeah, you got that. We got that. We need to be aware today. First Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 11, it says, Friends, this world is not your home. This is amazing. This isn't our home. So don't make yourself cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Isn't this good? Love the city in such a way that they, that they might even be mad at Jesus, but they're going to see you must love us in the highest way because you must have a higher accountability than we do. Yeah, we do. Because when no one's looking, we still bow to God, not Baal, not the spirit of Babylon. We don't, we don't bow to Satan. We've already bowed. We've been bought by a high price. We can't be bought. There'll be one over to God's side and there to join in the celebration when he arrives. What happens when, when I read my Bible is I remember this. This isn't my home. Oh, but I love hanging out with my kids. Yeah, I know. You're going to get to celebrate with them forever. Just remember they're mine. Train them in a way that you're going to put them on mission. And parents know this. It's what it feels like. It's hard to let them out of the home. I can imagine. haven't been there, but I've watched people walk through it. I've prayed for even pastors going through that, those seasons, and I empathize deeply. And, but we're sent to be on mission. We have a mission. And the coolest thing is we have a mission that's not just a lifetime. It's forever. 2 Corinthians puts it this way in chapter 5. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. As we were taken out of captivity, so set free. Are you guys still with me? Touch your neighbor, do something like, pow, we got to, come on, yeah, there you go. Boom, boom, boom. Then This is how I say, yeah, yo. Oh, it's like the halftime show. Oh, boom, boom. Bathroom break. Let me even say, yeah, yo. Oh, because I saw a couple yawns. We're not even done. <laughs> I would run more, but I really want to stay in this outline because I think this outline is leading us good places. Deuteronomy chapter 5. So after God's people were in slavery, Moses set them free, or God set them free, but through Moses, right? And here's the leadership moment going on. God uh, really solidifies what he, what he already lives, which is the Sabbath. And so you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Anyone who loves to work, when you're forced to take a day off, it's difficult. I know for some of us, we might think, I would love more days off. I, when I'm working, I would love to just keep working. But what I realize is now I'm at the pace of the world, not at the pace of God, because when God gives a Sabbath, it's a statement to the world that says, mm, I've been set free. I'll even take less pay. I'll not go to your standards or your quality that you think I have to uphold or this expectation, but, but, but I'm going to just try to please God. And so we detach. And what happens in those moments, we detach and remember who set us free. Because God saves us out of the world, out of Egypt, in an instant. He does. But get this. Sometimes it takes our whole lifetime to get the world out of us. And that is so hard. The Sabbath is a gift. A day off is a gift. Somebody thinks, I could never take a day off. I get it if you have bills and different things, but what would it look like if you lived in a smaller house where you could take a day off? 
God, I can never do that. I have these desires. No, no, what would it look like if we actually looked like how God wants us to and cared about the things that he wants us to? Our pace is different. We're called to rule over the world, not have the world rule over us. In Genesis 1, it said, God spoke, let human beings in their image make them reflecting nature and they're responsible for the fish, the birds, the cattle, and, and yes, earth itself. How fun. We're invited into the adventure. In every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human, human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds of the air and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. We have to wake up. We have the greatest job description ever. It's not by where we're going to go or what we have. It is so much better. Have you heard of the bucket list? You got a bucket list? What's one of your bucket lists? Anyone got one you want to throw out? What's a bucket list item? I want to see LeBron James courtside in Cleveland. That was one of my bucket list things. Didn't happen last year. That's what I wanted to see. I almost did it. almost spent 1100 on a ticket, but I felt like... Um, Someone's like, quit judging me, bro. Like, what? Paid more on my mortgage interest. Um, and, uh, but I was thinking, well, I can't take every kid at that. Who could I take? Do I take, you know, Jerome? Because he's old enough to remember, but Justin, you know, I was just exhausted. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not seeing LeBron courtside. You know, and I love the work he does in Akron and the inner city. And there's my apologetic for LeBron. I know the haters, you know, but it's all good. But the bucket list myth is what I want to talk about right now. It's a myth because we have the greatest bucket list ever. We're going to get to celebrate, dance, be free, and that doesn't discount trips. By all means, we take them. In fact, now when we take them, we'll be free to enjoy them in the way God's given it. And if you've ever went to some really nice places, you know how intoxicating it can be because you want to go back. Best steak ever had was in Franklin, Tennessee, and boy, I wanted to go back. No steak is ever matched. The cork and cow experience. Rob G. and I went. We recorded two songs. Rob decided he was going to level up. Shapeshift was doing well that month. He bought a $250 meal for us, too. The, guy, the waiter was, oh, extraordinaire. Am I lying? No way. It was amazing. In fact, he gave me a custom drink on the house. Just, oh, I just hear, I think you'd like this. Oh, I love this. Thank you. You know? And they say in that town that time goes so slow, you know, the snow, uh, whatever the you know, the glass things with the snow, right? What are those called? Snow globe. Thank you, friends. The snow globe, it's slow. It, it exists. It's in Franklin, Tennessee. And it, it was so surreal. We're walking. Oh, it's different here. It's different. They're, they're different. And uh, go up. You know, they still got the old popcorn theater. And you, I think you pay with coins. Um, I go up and I said, hey, I'm just a newbie here. Oh, yeah. We could kind of tell, you know. Oh, yeah. What's special about this place? And she, she, she leans in. She goes, people say time moves slower here. And I thought, there's a spirit here that's from heaven that's beautiful. And if I'm not careful, unless I'm called here, I could start to want that right now when I'm going to get, I tasted some of it now. I know what it's like in heaven. Think of the best stuff you've ever tasted. You know what heaven's going to be like? New heaven, new earth? We're setting our bucket list too low. It's way too low. Philippians 3, for many whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as the enemy of the cross of Christ. Their end is their destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame with minds set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a savior, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship team, if you guys would come up now, that'd be cool. Look carefully, Ephesians 5 tells us how you walk. It's hard, remember? Difficult. But as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in Psalms. This is what the heavens, yes, looks like. Okay, it was fun hanging out. Yeah, that's amazing. But what if, what if, what if? This is what we were known as. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with our hearts, giving thanks always because we've been made live. We were dead. I'm super happy, super happy. In fact, worship this morning, thank you guys, that was powerful. But um, I was just so grateful that I could worship. And, and when you come, it just does something to your soul. There, there's every reason the God of this age tries to get us to not come. Even as a pastor, sometimes like, oh, God, I gotta go preach, you know? It happens every once in a while, not often, okay? For real, it does. And we push through, not because of how I feel, no, because it's hard, but it's leading to life. And just by sitting there, I surrender all, I'm like... I do. I still surrender all. Yes. Thank you, God. You can have my yes over and over and over again. And he's been so gracious to us. So gracious. So good. So good. So good. He's given us so many good things to enjoy. Here's here's how it all plays out. Look, our greatest display of who God is is not in the things we bring, but the qualities we have. The things we bring, eh, no, the qualities we have. Forgiveness, oh, we got that. Who has that? We do. Love unconditional? Oh, we know somebody who loves you because he made you. Who's got that? We got that. We'll tell you about that. Oh, grace when you don't deserve it in the face of every reason to just give justice, we're given grace. Oh, truth? You want real truth? Man, we've been, we've been forfeiting and carbon copying and counterfeiting and plagiarizing God's truth for a really long time. Oh, we got that too. In fact, you want humility, courage, and in, 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 in vulnerability, we got that because we're broken. Oh, you want, you want to know when there's moments when you're so discouraged, you need somebody to help you and, you, and you're hitting a tough time in life? Well, somebody will help you and let's do that. We got that too. It's called good works. It's called assistance. It's called benevolence. It's called care. Visit the orphans. Visit the widows. Visit those that are in prison. God's win, God's kingdom, God's qualities are just so different, but they're so better than a steak at Cork and Cow. And I'm going to go back to Cork and Cow. Serge, we might go. When we go to Frank, we might go. That'll be on you, though. But we'll go. We'll go. A few action items. If, you, if you're compelled, okay, what do I do? I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm convinced, okay? It's obvious today. I get it. There's two battles. There's this really crazy thing in Revelation I want nothing to do with that's intoxicated with the blood of the martyrs. I want nothing to do with that, but I'm in this other tier. I'm with Jesus. I'm in. We're going. All right. I would say be aware, be awake all the time. Let God be our yes through the good times and bad and rule the world. Don't let it rule you. So we're not afraid of any place. This is the coolest thing. We will go anywhere, any place at any given time if he says so. And lastly, give thanks always and have kids. And you don't have to have kids to have kids. I think God built it into the equation. One, if you get the opportunity to raise a child, you realize, man, this world ain't about you. You're going to realize that really fast. So your egos are gone. It's way more generational. It's not about you. But 
I think discipleship's the same way. We have spiritual kids. It's not about us. That the best fruit we have is found on other people's trees. We have to stop to do that. We have to slow down. We have to invest to do that. Our yes looks differently. And so we're going to start saying no to peer pressure that's bad, and we're going to say yes. Because every time we say yes to something that's dark, we're saying no to something that's light. Every time we're saying yes to someone who can't lead us closer to God, we're saying no to those who really matter and can. Every time we're saying yes to someone's approval, we're, we're discounting the audience of one in God's approval. His great yes. Hebrews 13 says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. In the weeks ahead, I'm going to talk about that city. What is that city? That, what did he leave here? What's the remnant of the city? It's in us. We're the city set on a hill. It's not the things we bring. It's in us. It's in you. The light can't be hidden. Oh, there's a song by Bethel. It says, you might be going into a dark place, but don't worry. The light can't be stopped. The light is in you. It can't be turned out. It can't be quit. You can't. Darkness, just keep walking. The light's in you. I love it. The light is in you, no matter where you're at. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. Give thanks all the time. That God is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. And lastly, for your Bible study for the week, is Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that chapter says whether it's symbols or with a microphone or with keys, let everything praise the Lord. So if we're playing football, we're praising the Lord. Everywhere we're going, doesn't need we have to be super spiritual. There might even be times we don't even feel like it, but everything is because of God. And I think there's two questions we can ask ourselves all the time. Who gave this to me and whose glory is this for? Those are the questions I ask us today. Who gave this to me, this life today? Man, you did, God. Whose glory is this for? Man, God, it is for your glory. My life, a platform, everything for his glory. Our families, for his glory. This is a safe space um, to worship and to surrender. And as we close... And we sing, I surrender all. If there's too much of the world ruling you today, just ask God. God, take it. If you know you're dead in sin, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe you're Lord. Take my life. Make me brand new. And that's why those people are getting baptized. Sign up to be baptized. Tell somebody in the crowd. And if you really want to surrender all to Jesus, and if you don't, I'll say this. You, you can by all means leave. You could. Or you could stay I just want you to know, like, you don't have to. This is not peer pressure. But if you want to, stand, kneel, cry. And we're going to sing the song for just a few moments as we close, as we surrender all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.